Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 128. And today we're here with Busy as a Rioja of Busy Moto. Yes, sir. Busy, thank you so much for making the it's drive, man. I appreciate pleasure. it. Thank you. Um, so I was doing some research on you yes. last night, and uh, I'm buying an electric vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> it is the future. You always seem to build the coolest stuff. Thank man. you, thank you. It's, uh, and and it seems like you're never uh, you're never stopping. No, I um. Some people may say I have affinity for things that are extraordinary. I just like to do things that I feel is correct. Yeah. Um, starting from back in the day with the D series and. Um, I just couldn't afford much when I was a student, so I stuck with that platform and ended up doing very well and creating a market with that. To today, now I see so much opportunity with renewable energy and and being able to have clean fun. When I say clean, in terms of hydrocarbon pollution or whatnot, and reducing that, and and just having a lot of energy that is wasted that we can use to improve quality of life. So. I, I'm just, I just keep pushing. I just can't stop. It's part of me. Yeah. Ever since I've yeah. known you, you just keep pushing the bar further and further. And uh, as of recent, yes. this even got higher, man. <laughs> Thank you. So if you Thank can, you. just give us a quick breakdown sure. for the people that aren't familiar mm. with you, uh, who you are and what no you worries. do. Uh, my name is BC Ezerioha. Um, I'm the owner and founder of BC Motor Engineering in Ontario, California. Um, you can hear from my accent. I'm not from here. I'm Nigerian from West Africa. Came here to study chemical engineering and uh, ended up staying. The company I have now is like kind of multifaceted. We build and design components for high-performance vehicles and creating opportunities for OEMs to make certain models um, very exciting for the populace. Um, Net-net, we just love cars and love making things that are somewhat, ex somewhat exciting, even more exciting. Awesome, yeah. awesome, great one, man. So let's go mm -hmm. ahead and uh, dive into the early life. Sure. Uh, can you pick, paint a picture of us of your earliest memories of living back at home? Wow, yeah. You know, I come from a family that is very highly, how should I say, oriented when it comes to science. So both of my parents are scientists. Um, my mom is a very brilliant biochemist. My father is a geologist, also has his doctorate as well. So it was all about academia and school. Um, luckily for me, um, I grew up in a household that was extremely supportive, and many people might find it very interesting, but as an infant, I was told by my parents, my first word was car. Oh, wow. And ironically, which comes full circle now, my second word was light. Uh -huh. Car light. I kept saying car light, car light, and I kept pointing at vehicles at night, my parents, my dad used to tell me. So I um, uh, came here um, because of a necessity here in the United States. That necessity being, um, I'm one of those weird students that did things very early. I skipped a ton of grades. I was in university at the age of 15, uh, wow. studying petrochemical engineering. And it was a very difficult exam, but I took the exam to get an ex a feel of how it would be when the time came for me in American 12th grade to be able to take the examination, and I passed. Yeah. But we just didn't have technology. I, I had this thirst for knowledge. I wanted to learn as much as I could around engineering and, and everything that has to do with petroleum. And I just... It was just strange. I just, we didn't have technology. It was books from the 60s. Yeah. So both my parents went to school in the United States before they went back home. And I wanted to follow suit in their footsteps. And with their approval and blessing, I came here by myself. Um, stayed with a family friend of my parents. Uh, two suitcases. And arrived to LAX. Uh, saw a sign that said BC. And I went, went with the family. Went with the family to Whittier. Mm -hmm. And um, that became my excursion here in the U.S. Now what's interesting is... Since I, all I did was study back home, and my parents were quite strict disciplinarians, and I loved cars, I just didn't have the opportunity back home to explore 
anything that had to do with performance. So when I had the first chance to experience a drag race, I was hooked. That was it. What that age was, was absolutely this? It. I did as far back as 1993. Okay. Um, I really wanted, when I came to the United States, looking to, a, many of your listeners may not know this, but there's a book that was Consumer Reports, like a little thick book every year that came out. Uh-huh. And I talked about the best cars, the most reliable, so on and so forth. So I remember back home looking at magazines and I found affinity for the AW11 MR2 and the Pontiac Fiero. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Because they look really cool. It had yeah. a similar wedge shape, mid-engine, two-seater. I'm like, this is, the, this is my car. This is the car I need to have. And I come to America and I look at this book and I see prices and reviews. And I'm like, I can't afford the MR2 Turbo. The Fiero is, is a rubbish car based upon these results or these, these reviews. The cat's on fire, not very mm-hmm. reliable. What is the next car that has that similar look but wouldn't break the bank? CRX. Nice. <laughs> so I said, okay. I love MR2s. I like Fieros, but not anymore. The CRX has that two-seater, that look. But I'm a student, so I don't want to go crazy. So let me get a high fuel efficiency model. Mm-hmm. So I opted for an HF. Nice. So I got the blue, which most of my cars are blue now, right? I got a blue HF as my first performance car. And it's so weird how I fell into this environment because I love cars. I love the shape. I wasn't a racer by any means, but... I knew there was something that called to me. So I like to have a lot of fun with it, even though I didn't know what I was doing. Until one day, I remember going to class and I started the car and I heard this loud emanation from the rear. It, I knew it wasn't right, mm-hmm. but it sounded kind of cool. It's like this. I'm like, okay, what's that? Well, I come to find out I had a perforated exhaust. Okay. My exhaust was just old and it was an 88 HF. Yeah. So where do I go to fix this? I go to dealership. Um, Gardena Honda, actually, believe it or not. Yeah. And they quoted me like $400 to replace. And to me, $400 is like $4 million. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no way I can afford $400 to replace this muffler. And then one of the um, service advisors, they say, hey, you know, you can go to a muffler shop. Uh-huh. There are these muffler shops you can go to and they'll throw something on. I said, okay, thank you, sir. So I went to a muffler shop and um, Supreme Muffler in Gardena okay. and put it up on the lift. And they looked at it like, oh, yeah, you know, muffler, we have this. Dynamax Ultra Flow, yeah. which is pretty cool, which I think you'll like. It's pretty cost-effective. I think it, it'll be like a, like $100 installed. Okay. So he installed it with a cool tip, and I pulled out, and like, oh, it sounded so cool, <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And as I'm driving it, my car feels a little more powerful. Yeah. And then when I'm cruising it, my gas mileage improved. I'm like, okay. As an engineering student, I was intrigued, like, okay, What's going on here? Why hmm. Why do I have this sound? Why does it become more power? Why is my gas mileage improved when I keep my foot out of it? What's going on? And that was my quest. It began. I went to a shop called San Andres in Orange County. I picked up the Honda Performance Handbook. Mm-hmm. Um, and that book changed my life. And the back of the book, it had things for, about Oscar Jackson, about Mugen. It had all these things. And I learned so much about camshaft designs and Oscar Jackson and what he did. And then it had in the back of it, it had like this little list of shops and there's a place called Advanced Engine Management, and they were nearby me. Mm. So I went there, like, hey, I read about you guys. You guys know what you're doing. And I met the founder, John Consiaudi. Yeah, shout out to John. And yeah, man. John is great. And he took me under his wing. He's like, okay, oh, wow. you're an engineering student. I love what you're, how you're thinking. Let me show you the ropes. And that, that was the beginning of the end. That was it. That now, was it. Now, uh, what year was this, and how old were you at wow. this time? Okay, I came here in uh, 1989. Okay. Uh, at the age of 15, turned 16 here. 
So that being said, at that time, it was 1993. So I was almost 20 years old at the time, you know? So gotcha. it was, um, I was still young. I was still young and uh, had my, um, oh, that's a long story if I get into how my academia came to be because I ended up getting a ton of degrees, but I did that because of necessity and trying to, dare I say, compete with my father. Mm. a ton of degrees too. But um, I ended up getting my bachelor's and master's at Cal State Long Beach. That's why I went to school. And um, the D-series stuff, when I was playing around in the 90s, in the mid-90s, you could hear about Battle of Imports. Yes. There was a lot of street racing, all that good stuff. And then that's when, you know, the guys from, wow, there were quite a few shops. Um, uh, Charles was with at this place in San Gabriel Valley. Ah. I'm trying to remember the name of the facility. It's come up on here um, before, for sure. Oh, I'm, I'm going to kick myself when I remember <laughs> what I mean. Anyway. Those guys started doing swaps. Uh -huh. And I know at the time, I remember Steph also had a shop with someone else and he started doing swaps. Okay. And then I remember Aaron Bonk yeah. started doing Shout swaps. Shout out to Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. Man. So all these people were doing swaps, but the swap, every swap thing was like six grand. Because okay. we were taking a, in an LS or a GSR engine out of Integra and putting in a Civic and CRX, I couldn't afford it. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way I can afford this. So I stayed with my D. But what's interesting is because of John Conciati's influence and him being a dealer for. Uh, McCooney mm -hmm. carburetors and uh, Weber he convinced me like Yo, your intake is very restrictive you should go carbed mm -hmm. so I did and I gained some good power I went from 52 no 49 horsepower to the wheels because it was, it was an <laughs> 8 valve yeah. HF engine to 63 Ooh. I was doing it right <laughs> like, and I'm like this is a good percentage increase oh my goodness so but I, I was one of those guys and I have my carbs and I have my exhaust I'm revving on people I was yeah. calling everyone out then something happened to me at Long Beach in a parking lot. One day I was leaving campus. And at Cal State Long Beach, I'm sure it's different now, but if you went to the business parking lot, it was full. If you went to engineering, it was empty. Because okay. I guess a lot of people don't study engineering. So in the evening when I'm leaving, we have this nice parking lot. It's very wide open. And I get into my HF, start it up, about to leave, and I see these three girls. They have a black SI. I'm like, oh, Black, three girls, they're heavier. I'm going to rev on her. I'm revving on her. She's like, I'm like, let's do it. We line up and we take off right mm -hmm. in the parking lot of the VEC. I, don't, I can't say Long Beach. <laughs> Frank, she destroyed me. Wow. She destroyed me so bad that they stopped, got the car, and I was still coming. That's how bad <laughs> she beat me, right? And the girls are laughing. I mean, the, the three girls, you know, circuits are two-seaters, and the one is in the back, like in the hatch area, right? And they're laughing at me, and I'm so embarrassed. And I swore that day that I'm going to be the fastest thing on the planet. I'm going to make sure that I'm the fat. Like, I put every moment I had when I wasn't working at Circuit City and I wasn't studying at school, I was experimenting. I almost got kicked out from experimenting at school, trying to find ways to improve my induction, mm -hmm. trying to find ways to. I, 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 I sought out people like um, Nick Arias. Um, bless his soul, um, Ed Iskandarian. I t looked at these, Bill Good. I went everywhere to find people to educate me on what needs to happen yeah. to improve my setup. And that's how I started learning and documenting. And as I learned more, I started using my background to kind of think about why things happen and what I can do to make it better. If there are any limitations that exist, piston speeds, lubricity, what the case may be, I didn't take it as gospel. I want to find out why and challenge those theories. Because by the way, as you go into engineering school, you find out that most of the theories that we we, we embrace so much were written by people like you and I. Mm -hmm. And they may have had limited experience or limited, I would say, components at the time, limited equipment, and yeah. that may prevent them from pushing things further. Or maybe some of them are just damn lazy. They just don't want to go further. 
And that is what made me, I guess, an extraordinary engineer when it came to comparison to my peers, because they all exist in this box of what schools said we can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. But I always thought outside the box and challenged those, those, those theories and many times learned a ton from it and then came up with processes or information of why that's the case. So I'll push piston speeds higher than they typically should go. Um, I'd go higher in cross-section area with induction just to see what happens. I will play with different fuel types and optimization of fuels. I'll do whatever I need to do to learn. Yeah. And that made me a very, very successful racer. And the racing is not what I did because I loved racing, which I, I did like it a lot. But it was the best way for me to experience my experiments. Got you. The experimentation, the learning, the figuring out is what I enjoy the most. The racing was a first-hand way of experiencing that. And it made us very, very popular, especially in the street racing realm, which Man. I don't encourage. <laughs> street racing is very naughty. <laughs> but um, it's something that we did and had a lot of fun doing it. So when you got into the uh, Honda community, yes. um, you're, you're looked at as a really... Uh, high member of our community <laughs> now you. who were the people that you looked up to and who who were the, the the movers and the shakers and the ones pushing the culture forward uh in your early days it was kind of weird because um at that time there was really no really no one we were we kind of started the stuff gotcha now there was one gentleman that we all were going crazy his name is archie madrano okay and you don't even know archie do you no see that's scary now, Archie, if you, who had it on his box? Was it, there was a box of a part. I don't know if it was an AM filter. Mm-hmm. So he had a red CRS with a yellow bumper. Okay. And he ran 12.6 back then on a turbocharged D series. Okay. And 12.6 to us is like running sevens now or sixes. <laughs> yeah. Because none of us, we're all in the 15, 16 range, you yeah. know? And he ran 12, and he's destroying Whoa. V8s. And yeah, so this is. This is 93. Mm-hmm. He's running 12.6s with a turbo he put together and, and a weird setup with ignition, a weird setup with with his fuel pressure regulator. He had this kind of fuel riser, big looking yeah. disc. And then the more, you know, he, he raises fuel pressure as the boost goes up. And so Archie was the one we all kind of looked up to. When you think of people that um, say that we are, or some of the gurus or, 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 or old school guys in, in the scene, you think of, you know, Steph, you mm-hmm. think of uh, um, um, the um, Bergenholz brothers. Mm-hmm. Bergenholz brothers, when I when I, when we started, they were doing a lot of, how should I say, uh, show cars. Got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show scene. and such. Um, Steph, he had a black EF and was pretty slow back okay. in the day. We were way faster than Steph at the time. Um, another person who was more of a nemesis for me was Peter Yen. Okay. Um, from PYR. And he was, he was a formidable... I would say competitor and someone who was almost like an arch nemesis for us. We did a lot of kind of street racing together, which is pretty interesting. And um, these are people that end up doing other things and people don't remember. But if I had to answer your question properly, I would say it was Archie. Archie. Archie was the one. And and as we started focusing on all motor, that's when people like Miles came up and started doing the the, the turbo stuff. And then you had Peter. Um, people were like, um, who's our friend who uh, uh, ran the crazy Integra? He's, I think he's more out here now, works on a lot of S2000s. Um, and then you had people with big money, mm-hmm. like Adam Sartari. And like he was doing stuff with Acura and doing stuff with Mazda and just doing crazy stuff. But in the in the mid-90s, when we were doing Battle of Imports, when Palmdale was packed and people were rioting and doing all the crazy stuff, um, 
Archie. He was he was Archie. the one that we were like, oh my god. I think that's the first time yeah. that that name's come up. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to get the yeah. the OG guys yeah. on. Uh, we had Bergen Holtz on at Understood. SEMA for yeah. maybe 10, 15 Understood. minutes. Uh, but next time time permits, I, I definitely want to sit Please. down with him. Please, has him up at Archie. Archie, he's still around. I ran into him at one of the events at Pomona once. Yeah. And you know, you think of Archie and then Abel Ibarra. Abel's still around, but I think I don't know what Archie's doing right now, but. Abel wasn't a Honda guy. He was more towards the Mazda scene as well, you know? Yeah. So um, those are guys who were, like, pretty hardcore. So speaking of uh, yeah. Battle of the Imports, yes. um, why did your fuel smell like strawberry? Uh, <laughs> great question. <laughs> Back to sheer economics. Uh -huh. um, as I continued to play around with my engines, I found out that I it was very difficult for me to reach that that point of diminishing returns with compression. Compression is a great way to increase controllable heat in the engine. Our engines are nothing but mechanical, glorified energy converters. Mm -hmm. So you take the you know chemical energy that's in the fuel and the oxygen in the air, combines through the, the process of, of combustion and turns to heat energy. The heat energy is now harnessed from mechanical energy through the pistons where it does work and then the crankshaft goes from up and down to rotational. Anyway, the one thing I found out is the more I increased compression, the more power I'd make mm -hmm. because it was allowing me to be more efficient with the heat and create even more controllable heat. But it got to a point where as I was making more and more power, I also started pre-igniting more. I won't record plugs. I remember this experiment I had once where I got found every plug I could from, from Bosch to Champion, and I tried to find cold plugs that are cost-effective. But it got to a point where I needed to use race fuel. Mm-hmm. And at that time, forgive me, because it was the, you know, 90s, um, fuel was like a $1.70, $1.60 per gallon yeah. for 91. Yeah. But race fuel was $7. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of money. Yeah. So I'm a chemical engineering student. I mean, really, I know how they make this stuff. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to make my own fuel. So I got a batch of Chevron 91. I added tetraethyl lead um, as an anti-knock agent. A little bit of toluene. And um, another compound that I added just to give it a little bit more stability, especially in sunlight. And it worked. I was able to keep raising my compression and not pre-igniting. And I go to a track, of course, I'm going faster. And what I do today, Frank, I've always done. I have that Tech Tuesday I do every Tuesday where people ask me questions and I share. I've always been open book. That's me. I yeah. just keep it real. So people come up to me, BC, what did you do? You just ran 14.1 today. You were 14.7, 14.5 last week. Oh, you know, I made my own fuel and blah, blah, blah. Unbeknownst to me, typical racing, I started getting protested. Like, oh, he's making his own fuel. Mm. He's making his own fuel. I was honestly telling people I'm making my own gasoline mm. because I couldn't afford to, I can't justify $7 a gallon. I can buy a, a, a nice jug of, of, of tetraethyl lead and get some yeah. toluene and add a little benzene. And, and it's, it's, that's all I'm doing. And it's, it's, it's allowing me to, to make the, you know, to prolong the ignition capability, hence, you know, in, in essence, allowing me to have a higher octane fuel. It's not igniting as easily, and I'm able to make more power. And went to Battle of Imports, did well there. Frank didn't trip. But when I went to IDRC, mm -hmm. people started protesting. Hmm. And Mike said, hey, you know, it's the rules, no big deal. He's running, you know, there's no spec fuel for a series, so he can keep doing it. People were protesting me so much. They were being so adamant about just trying to get me kicked out, even though uh, all these guys had B-series and so on and so forth. I said, you know what? I'm going to mess with them. Mm -hmm. So I created an ester. Um, it's where I have a very thin um, hydrocarbon-based oil uh, with very few carbon chains. 
One thing you may notice is that the human sense of smell is very narrow, opposed to animals, dogs gotcha. are very wide, very narrow smell. So you can add a very low acid, low acidity um, acid, and you can break those chains a little bit and change the smell. When you drink Hawaiian punch, it's not really Hawaiian punch. It's maybe 5% punch. The rest are esters. So I did the same thing. Um, I did strawberry. I did grape. I tried to do chocolate, but I didn't get it right. <laughs> Smell very bad. I, I didn't get that right. Um, so I just I just added more and more acid to break down the chains and to be able to change the smell. And I added, it's, it's a harder carbon base. I was able to add in my fuel and not have any bad effects to my fuel. Gotcha. And uh, so I go to I go to Palmdale and start my car up and it'll smell like grapes. They're like, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> well, what I did was a bit too much because Mike was like, okay, we need to start a fuel thing. <laughs> and here's where it's bad. Now, once again, I made this fuel as a student, right? When I was forced to switch over to VP, so I ended up doing, I think, C14, mm-hmm. I got faster. Mm. So, so guess they what? Screwed they just screwed themselves. It's so st- <laughs> it was great. I did it. It was fantastic. I, you know, I know more now, but yeah. then um, what I was doing as a student was good for me and I was happy. But when I was forced to go and break bread and buy VP, I got faster. So... That's the story about the uh, that's the whole awesome, fuel thing. Man. Yeah, just to piss people so, off. So, so I'm I'm very intrigued yes. about you jumping on a plane at 15 with bags yeah. and starting your life here. Yeah. So, is was that normal from no. where you where you come from? No, um, no. So, it's, w- think about it. You you were 15, mm-hmm. and, and you, you know what was important to you: your friends, your family, yeah. your environment. Um, it was very difficult. I'll be honest with you. I mean, there are many times I came here, I cried. It was just I was very homesick. Um, but. I was determined to be a better person. I I couldn't see myself having the level of engineering that I could back home that I could experience here. So how did you know yeah. that that was something that you wanted to focus your life on at such a young age? Um, I would say my parents were really my biggest advocates in making sure that we made decisions that impact you real long term. Mm-hmm. Um, my father always said, you know, anything worth doing is worth doing well, yeah. including your life and your path. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> What did I want to be when I grew up? I wanted to be a pilot. And then I said, no, I want to be a fireman. You know, the kids say things, but watch my parents in their factory. They, were, they had a cosmetics company, by the way. Okay. And I knew their goal was to have me come to America, learn chemical engineering, which was a, by the way, chemical engineering was a compromise between my parents and I. Because mm. my mom really wanted me to be a chemist like her. Gotcha. Um, but I said, okay, well, I do like things mechanical. Parents want me to do chemistry. Let me come back. Oh, chemical engineering. Perfect. They want me to come here, learn, come back, and help with the family business. Gotcha. But I came here, fell in love with everything automotive, and my parents allowed me to pursue my dream. So it's, it's, it's tough, but it was scary, but I was determined to be better. And that was more important than hanging out with my buddies in school or being comfortable with my environment. I wanted to be better. Do you feel like you missed some of your childhood yes. being focused on, on studies and having to leave? Home? I know I did. I know I did. I, I and and you know, as as I now have a young family, I look at them like, wow, there are things that they can be able to experience that I didn't. But do I regret it? No, I do not. Mm-hmm. Um, it allowed me to mature very quickly. I mean it's weird when you can just go upstairs and see your mom or yeah. go to the living room and see your father. And then now you have to fly at the time 23 hours to go and see them again. It, it was tough. But um, it made me mature very quickly. Now, good. With, uh, with, with your parenting skills and now you being a parent, um, is there anything that you're going to take that your parents taught you or... Uh, are you? Do you have a different idea for your child? I'm fortunate enough that uh, with with two of our children, um, Hedy and I have a, a daughter and a son, that I want to take the best things that my parents 
you know, bestowed upon me and the same with my wife as well. And the things that we didn't feel, or I didn't feel that was ideal in my family, I wouldn't gotcha. explore that. So, for example, I would not force my children to study a particular academia. Um, if I find out something, like I know my son now loves cars. So if he ends up wanting to be a designer or an engineer, I'll be all for it. Awesome. Um, my, my daughter loves fashion, likes cars too, but it's all about fashion. So if she wants to be a fashion designer, I will support 100%. Mm -hmm. It's about happiness. And, and, and with that happiness comes great financial benefit, uh, especially when you're good at it. So many of us come from households in, in Africa where you're told you need to be a physician. Mm -hmm. You have to be a lawyer. And you're pushed toward that. And some people do it. They're not happy. They do it anyway. They become remotely successful. But in the older years, end up resenting their parents. Yeah. You know, at least I'm fortunate enough my parents allowed me to do something that's still based in science. But also as the ability to allow me to do well in what I do today, which gotcha. is things are automotive. Now you speak about happiness. Yes. Um, what brings you happiness at, at this moment? Still being able to create. Um, that's the one thing that, you know, I love so much. And it's the one thing that makes me so happy that when people take advantage of it, it makes me unhappy. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is um, in the Honda scene, for example, uh, the Porsche scene, we do a lot with Hyundai recently as well. Um, I continue to create these products, which are really cool. But the one thing that really hurts a lot is when people knock it off. Yeah. So when you get people who take your creation, that's really that you put your blood, sweat and tears and, and enjoy the process of creating and testing and making sure it's good. And people take it and then make a fake version of it and then use your image to sell it. Yeah as the root, it's, it really hurts. So that's what kind of pushes me away from certain markets. Yeah. Um, because I, I, that doesn't make me happy at all. It doesn't make yeah. me happy. Let, let's definitely talk about that because I, I feel very passionate about, um, about that, you know, being a creative and even the, the products that we do offer, maybe somebody can see it and they're just, Oh, it's just bolt and a washer. Right. But to me, it's uh, a blank piece of paper and Amen. the pack of a hundred colored pencils instead of the eight pack. Understood. You know, I, I want to provide the the par parts so people can take their builds right. to the next level. Understood. So um, even early on in my career, I, I, I don't think that I dealt with it as I should have, but it was just the passion inside Understood. of me was when somebody copies something that you actually sat down with and drew on a <laughs> napkin and, right. you know, did all those Understood. steps. So how would you explain the effects of knockoffs, copies, and, and replica parts to somebody that it doesn't have that sort of passion of being a creative and just sees things as business? Well, are you talking from the consumer perspective? From a consumer. From, from a consumer. Well, for the consumer, um, it depends on the, on the component, I guess. Um, believe it or not, whether it's something as simple as an accessory or something as involved as an engineering part, the knockoff people, they just don't do a due diligence. It's You can have a product and fail. You can have a product like they fade. Um, in my case, when I make components that are quite involved, they take the shortcuts. They use inferior materials. They use inferior, uh, um, how should I say, collectors. Yeah. Um, they may use materials that are not ideal. And it may also be okay, Frank, at least as far as I'm concerned, if someone knocked it off and just tried to market it themselves. Mm-hmm. But no, 
they use your brand name. They use, they say BC clone or BC replica, BC style, BC model. And then it, it's it's very annoying. So for the consumer, you're not getting the true thing. You're just not getting it. Yeah. Um, if it's a wheel, you're replaying really with, with fire because you can you can really get hurt. Things can break. They may not have the same stringent uh, QC that you may see with a proper wheel company. If it's a component like what you make, you take pride in your anodizing process and how you coat things and, and, and the quality of it. You may buy something that's a knockoff of yours and then, in, wow, barely one summer, if it starts fading, your red now looks pink. Yeah. That's, that, that's not ideal. If you buy a beast motor camshaft, it just, you know, won't perform or have you have challenges. You start having wearing your rocker arms and so on and so forth. And it's just not ideal. People who knock off really don't care. Yeah. But they try and take advantage of the fact that consumers want a better deal. Yeah. And you and I, we would try to give better deals. It's just that it costs money to be able to make products the right way. It costs money to be able to do R&D. It's just not easy. The, what I can do, which I do, that can give for free of charge is my knowledge. And I do that. I would not charge someone to, oh, come and learn from, no. I'm here to share, to give. And next year, what I know now, I'll know even more. Definitely. So it's never, it never ends. And I, I get it. Some people who say, BC, why'd you do that? You shouldn't set, share your secrets. Well, I get it because maybe you don't know. <laughs> yeah what to say next year because you only know this and you're like if you give it away you have no, no i constantly come up with stuff yeah constantly so it's not a challenge for me so let's go ahead and talk about you giving out your knowledge sure. uh last year yes. i believe or maybe even the year before yeah. you started tech tuesday you know why i did that why is that you <laughs> so guys it, this is fantastic because this gentleman right here he's the reason why i think today i have my hundred and 12th episode sick back to back i never missed one awesome but you have been a positive influence when it comes to being able to talk to people um i never had the experience I, I was a consumer of it but never a creator of it and then you had me do something um where you know you, you gave me the, the really the rundown here's what you need to do bc um um wait a few minutes for people to come in the <laughs> you know, huffy talk, so yeah, yeah. yeah so it was really great with a huffy talk and and it was fantastic and interaction was more. People wanted me to keep going. Yeah. I'm like, wow, there's an opportunity here. And it's, it's just gone from, you know, this, this this small thing where my first one had like two people. <laughs> yeah. To now, on average, we get like, I get like, within a 24-hour period on Instagram, I get over 4,000 people who are viewing this and, it, and I archive it on our on our um, YouTube feed and people keep watching it, so on and so forth. It's a bit lengthy, but yeah. it's a forum where people can ask questions and I'm very frank with them. If I do not know the answer, I tell them, guys, you know, I'm sorry, that's a great question, but I don't have the answer, but I could find out. And if I do, I share it. People could ask me anything, and I do share that. It's not a challenge whatsoever. And it's my way of giving back, because this country has given me so much, so much. It's it's the least I can do. Yeah. Which is to give back, to answer questions. And people ask me questions about life, where I came from, my projects, what I'm building. If it's something where I send an NDA and I cannot talk about, I'm kind of to say, guys, I can't talk about that. But when I can, I guarantee you I'll be open. And with this, I think the last one, people ask me questions about the EV car, and I'm, I'm, I don't care. I even did a walk. I don't. I'll share everything. It doesn't matter. Now, when you were coming up, did you feel that people were um, that would would share their knowledge with you, or were they a lot more standoffish? Very standoffish. Gotcha. Um, the reason why I found so much affinity for John Conciali at AEM is because he really took me under his wing. Many places, I went to many shops, there's a place called uh, G-Speed that was in Gardena. I went there and they kind of kicked me like, uh, we can't help you. Um, I went to some domestic place. They're like, um, he's an African student, what do you want? Yeah. I even went to Benson's at the time and 
only Mike Coftree, who was my worker, that even entertained me. Everyone else was like, mm -hmm. what do you want? So I was shunned a lot. And I never want everyone, anyone to experience that. If anything, Frank, it's my goal to be for someone else, that person I needed when I was younger. Yeah. That's very important to me. That's awesome, man. And um, you've always been a very uh, person that... I can just go up to speak Anyone with can. you always Absolutely. make Thank time you. and um that's why it always makes me wonder why always on like on your tech tuesday or something you'll see some comments that'll pop up yeah. of, of a, a lot of negativity it, and it e comes with territory even yesterday i posted yeah. on my facebook right. about uh what questions would people ask and it's it was right. just a lot of snarky questions yeah it happens and uh i i wonder where do you think that that comes from it comes with success Here's something that success and people who may have been upset of their lack of success. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you something. It's very interesting why someone would consume what I do, consume my content, think about it, and then have something not so positive to say. Yeah. There's something to be said about that person. If anything, I feel really bad. Um, I remember when I used to interact quite a bit on forums, I literally would tell someone, you know, I don't know what you're going through but I hope it comes to pass. Mm. Because when people are not happy with their own lives, they tend to spew things that are not positive. I've seen things, may say, in public, on forums, on Facebook, that are not very, I guess, to my liking. You keep a car, someone who built a car, I'm like, ooh, I wouldn't build my car that way. But <laughs> yeah. I, I'd say, I wouldn't say anything, but I'm like, okay, that's just not me. And I just leave it alone. Yeah. And if someone asks for my opinion, hey, Beast, what do you think of that car? I'll say, hey, I'm sure the guy loves it, but it's not my style. And I leave it there. I won't say, oh, look at his headlight, it's not straight, or look at the scratch on this, or look at this guy. Or, and if that doesn't work, I start attacking him personally. Yeah. So the one thing I noticed is that, especially with the D-Series, back in the day when mm -hmm. I was racing, yeah. is when I reached to run 16.4, no one cared. When I clicked off a 14.1, then 13.8, then 12.7, then 10.7, then it started happening. That started preparing me for... What I don't see as much now, but yeah. what I saw a lot, I would say maybe five, six, seven years ago, where people just attack me. I mean, they'll attack me at my company, and then when that doesn't work, they'll start attacking me personally. Mm. And it got to a point where people just make up stuff. But um, what I hear, I, everything from um, I run Nitrous to I run a Ford head to, <laughs> uh, you know, I work with the Chinese government. To, I've heard it all. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's pretty interesting. This guy must be really the most interesting man in the world. But no. Um, <laughs> And one thing that, you know, my wife now, my girlfriend then, used to be very upset. I mean, Frank, I BS you not, in the drag racing scene, I was the most protested person. Really? Period. My heads were always pulled. My engines always pumped. Um, I'm Wow, from my AEM is controlling my suspension to um, my D-Series is a 2.0 to I'm running uh, Nitro. I mean, they've done it all. And I, I just smile and I just unbolt my head i get crap and dirt it doesn't matter they measure it and they leave me alone um they, oh he's underweight they yeah. weigh me the whole scale is full of people i'm at weight i would never do anything to jeopardize my family name or my own name ever ever doesn't matter okay everybody we're gonna take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be back in one minute Yo, what's up, fool? Make sure you check out Downstar for all of your dress-up needs. 
get it popping over here we have all the kits for the k series the b series the transmission the mouse the engine the total baby we have the hardware for the seats for the stereo we got it for the speakers we got it for the lug nuts we got it for the air valves we got it for everything dog so you make sure you hit us up at downstarring.com or you call us up fool you can even text us lame 818-937-3472 just shoot us a text and tell us what's up dog i need some fucking balls in this bitch hit us up downstarring.com hey and if you got an instagram slide in our fucking dm at downstar wait hit up the homie frank underscore downstar he's the one that takes care of all the dms hit that level up and shoot him a message and he'll get you all taken care of real nicely now have you always had that outlook on it or is yes. that something that you had to I, work on remember this is the same guy who came to the united states left his family and friends to come here i've always had this really good positive thing and if you if anyone who has known me for a long time could follow like say what i used to do at honda tech mm -hmm. someone asked a question i didn't know they were talking crap they're asking how the hell that's so stupid and i'll just write and explain yeah <laughs> and because i didn't i'm like oh he really wants to learn and i had the whole concept of hating or people being trolls it, it was alien to me yeah and it got i guess really bad when i built my first wagon yeah that really oh my god I didn't know. I'm like, how can America be so cruel? <laughs> I, I was so proud about this accomplishment that came out of something that was very, like a, almost like a, a bad thing happened. And then I got this beautiful thing coming out of it. And people are, ooh, it was a big, big, big post. And people were just trying to ruin it, which is sad. But a lot of people gained from it. And fast forward today, there are DC's enthusiasts all around the world that continue to benefit from the hard work that we did back then. In creating these components for the D series and made it a, a platform that if someone pops a hood nowadays and has a D in it, you kind of think twice about messing with them because you never know what's you know what the potential is. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So now, um, speaking of uh, people talking shit and yes. controversies, yes. Uh, can we get into the 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 two hundred and thirty mile? I can get into race? all of them. Absolutely. Okay. So I had people ask yeah. me about that, and then I looked at a couple YouTube videos, yeah. and the date was two thousand fourteen. So people are still considered. <laughs> Uh, about things that you Understood. did six years Understood. ago. That's so, great. Uh, if you could, I'm go relevant. Ahead. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing it, man. Yes. So if, yes. if we can go over that, sure, subject. I'd love to. So, I had the um, great opportunity to go to an event at Omega Motorsports. It's like no fly zone. Um, I think we did that out in Shafter. It's like a little bit north of Bakersfield, which is cool. And I was really excited because I built this vehicle for American Honda, and uh, had a lot of headaches with that, only because. I built this car for American Honda. It was a ninth gen Civic, mm -hmm. 2012. Um, we have a partnership with American Honda, so we build cars for them. And then I built this car, which made a great amount of power. We did aluminum rods, we did some custom pistons, custom rods, um, uh, valve train, camshafts. Um, I incorporated it at the first initially a Series 2 and then finally an AM Infinity to it. And we were going to do the very first K-Series sequential gearbox with Quafe. So Quafe in the UK, one of our partners as well. They kind of delayed in getting it to market. It's kind of... It's, it's a new product at the time, it was difficult, so I set a stock gearbox, and I'm like, oh my God, I can't. I know what will happen if I launch this thing at a drag race, which is my background, drag mm -hmm. racing. I know what will happen to this gearbox, so I'm just gonna chill. Well, of course, I got a lot of people talking crap. You know, show us the video, I show videos. Show us the charts, I show charts. Race it, I'm like, guys, I can't. I'm waiting for my gearbox, right? My gearbox comes two years later. Mm, two years? Which is okay because now everyone's benefiting from it. Um, and we did some testing back and forth, and yeah. 
the final product I sent a stock gearbox from Honda to UK and they shipped me a completed one to AEM. I picked it up and installed it. Now let's have some fun. Mm-hmm. So at the time, um, I started doubling in Porsches and in the Porsche community, um, the guys who do Texas 2K are pretty popular. You know, half mile and full mile is great. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna test this for the first time ever at Shafter. Mm-hmm. So I take my blue Porsche, I take the Civic. I'm gonna get data on both of them. So we go out to Shafter. Run the, I run the um, Porsche first. It does like uh, 134. I'm like, okay, half mile. That's cool. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Whatever. Um, it's a 75, kind of rinky. I, I got to take it easy. I put yeah. it back. Okay, let me drive a Civic. So I drive a Civic. That goes straight. Doesn't go all over the place. It's pretty good. I come back. People come to my pit. My pit's full. I'm like, what's going on? They're like, BC, do you know what you just ran? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, you ran 231. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? So I'm excited. Yeah. I'm on the phone. I'm calling my sponsors. My boy James like, damn, BC, that is fast, blah, 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 right? And I'm like, oh, I'm excited. You know, I'm like, I'm ready to go home. I can't. <laughs> I'm the fastest person here. So I'm excited. Yeah. I'm very, I, I write an email to all my sponsors, post it on Facebook, and it begins. Mm. People start challenging, going crazy. The people who are actually nicest to me are the people from Underground Racing. Gotcha. But, and, and some of the other guys who were from other, I guess, marquees were very nice. The biggest amount of hate I received from that post was my own Honda people. The people who I, I work with, the people who I, I race for, the people who I go to American Honda and try and get support for were just ripping me a new one, saying it's impossible. Then I said, okay, I started doubting myself. Let me do the math. Um, I do it, look at my gearing, look at my RPM, about 10, 10, 8. It's possible. Could I be wrong? Should I have done it again? I don't know. So I call Frank, uh, not Frank. Um, I call, um, what's his name, Frank, as well? The owner of uh, Omega. Mm-hmm. Tony. Okay. And Tony comes down to Ontario and I meet with him. I'm like, hey, um, I'm doing this and people kind of challenging me. Was there any reason why equipment could have been bad or inaccurate? He said, no, because equipment is good. I mean, the mistake could have been made where it was maybe kilometers per hour, mm. maybe not. But Beast, I think you really did. We're all there. I'm like, I'm getting a lot of slack and it's, it's just, it's really uncomfortable for me. So I see all this stuff. I go on Facebook, I explain, hey guys, here, I met with the guy. He's saying it could be, maybe it's kilometers per hour, maybe not, but the math makes sense. No, you're a liar. I'm mm. like, guys, it's, I didn't make the, I don't do the scoreboard. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. You know? And I keep explaining to people, there's, I would never, what would be the gain in me just making up a number like that? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I, I love data. I love experimenting. Um, even Tony's like, BC, give me a data log. I'm like, I have a beta infinity. We don't even have logging on this yet. It's beta. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I'm like, guys, okay, whatever. So I just, just left it alone. But yeah. till today, some people are like, oh, what does it run? And I, I now make fun of light of it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, what's this new Porsche going to run? What's the EV going to run? Six million miles an hour. I'm <laughs> stupid just to mess with them, but it, it, it's so weird. No matter what I say, certain people will keep saying, "No, you lied." Yeah. And I'll ask them, "Well, why would I?" Oh, you're just, you're just a liar. But why? Yeah. What would that do for me? Um, if I'm a dishonest person, it will come out one day that all my stuff is rubbish. But no, I keep doing stuff. I keep working OEMs. I keep. You can even. If I have a car, let's say my Odyssey, you can buy my Odyssey and take it and, and go put on Dino. You see yourself. Yeah. If anything, I try to tell the maggot, I'm scared now to even post my real stuff. I'll be honest with you, shock, I'm going to share in front of <laughs> my good friend from Downstar here. My Odyssey doesn't make 1029. It makes more. Yeah. And if people look at, it's a V6 for goodness sakes. If you take a look at the 
fastest car episode that we did. Yeah. I told them not to show it, and they showed it. Uh -huh. So if you look at that on the dyno, you'll see real time what it makes. Yeah. You can freeze frame it. <laughs> And you'll see, even though I told them not to do it. So that's what happened. It, it doesn't matter. I, I have, it doesn't matter what I say. Yeah. That's really what happened. And, and that's it. You know, you, you mentioned a, a key word, um, your people turning their back on you. Yeah. Uh, how, how did you feel at that time? Very poor. I didn't like it at all. Um, it's, it's just that it's bad enough when I go to races, um, how we're treated at the time as Honda enthusiasts. I remember going to um, Pink Sol Out in Arizona yeah. and I was the only front wheel drive, only Honda. And when I put out the trailer, at least the domestic guys, they would say to my face, they're like, oh, um, where's the rubber band? Oh, yeah. your tire's on the wrong side. Oh, rice rocket, where's the soy sauce? Yeah, You have any chopsticks with that car? <laughs> and they're saying it to me, I'm pulling out the trailer, they're yelling it at me until I clicked off a 970. Yeah, My DS, I'm not my F series then. And they're like, oh, shh, that thing is fast. Mm -hmm. I even waited, purposely waited for everyone to run so people would be back in the stands at, you know, at, the, at the raceway out there. I, think, I don't know what it's called now, but it was in Chandler's. The, it was called something else at yeah. the time. And so it's bad enough we get a lot of that from domestic guys or sunny European guys. I remember, one, I remember pulling the Civic out of the trailer and a Beamer guy was like, I wouldn't be caught dead in that car. Yeah. So why is it that our own people? Is it that we have not that many successful people in the Honda world. What is it about us where we feel it's okay to put down someone who's trying to strive to do great things? It's, it's, so that's why I felt yeah. bad time. Now I understand more. Now I'm older. But at the time, it, it hurt. Right? It yeah. hurt a lot. It's still something that goes on to this day. It's unfortunate. It shouldn't be that way. And um, there's enough for everyone. I think this weekend I posted um, some lowrider guys. I am not a lowrider guy, but... I can admire their craft. It's a lot of work and effort that goes into these cars to make them beautiful and hop and and it's not and I, I pose it and, and I'm making fun of them. I'm, I'm really admiring that. So even though things are different, I can admire it. But we have enough animosity from which shouldn't occur from other people who embrace other marquees. We should it shouldn't happen within our family. It yeah. just shouldn't. And I talk about it. If anyone goes on, let's say Hunter to the post, you know, look at my post in the background, just look at things I've written, you'll see where I say, guys, we shouldn't be that this way. We should really help each other out. I do this. I go to corporate every other week in Torrance, and I say, hey, Honda, can you support our scene? Can you support Honda Day? Can you support drag racing? These are the people who stayed loyal to you, and these are the customers you can have in the future. We need to keep them engaged and keep their children engaged and their mother engaged and their aunties. And, and, you know, and it's a battle, and I keep going. And the reason why I'm able to build a Wagon van or the Odyssey is because of Honda support, to be able to create. And now people are like, dang. I didn't know Hondas could do that. That's pretty clean. Yeah. On the Jay Leno show recently, people yes. are like, I'm not a Honda guy, but damn, that's a <laughs> clean wag. And for Jay Leno to drive an EEEF, <laughs> yeah. where would that happen? Definitely. But once again, it's from that, you know, and Jay is a no-nonsense guy. If the car is rubbish, he'll call you on it. Yeah. He'll, when he drove, he's like, man, this is, a, this is like a bar stool, but it's a fast-ass bar stool. It's like, he's really, he knows. And he drove, the, he drove our Odyssey and they cut that out. But he, when he drove the Odyssey, he said, has any engineer from Honda driven this car? I'm like, no. He's like, this is how Honda should feel. Hmm. This thing, it's like a, buff I can't believe this thing. We tracked it at Willow Springs. So if you look at the CNBC reruns, yeah. you see where he drove our red center seat Porsche and the, and the Odyssey, which he loved so much, you know? So it's great. And that's what I bring to the table. I want to be able to create that, but it, it hurts when my own family members 
they say sometimes, right? No one hurts you like family. Yeah, definitely. But it's, it, it does hurt. I'd rather have admiration than than discourse. Yeah, they know where to hit you at. Yeah, you they know. Do. Um, yeah. I, I want to get to the the Jay Leno episode, sure. but uh, before we get to that, yes. do you feel like uh, you know people copying parts and oh. the the negativity of the community? Does that have anything to do with you taking a step away from from the Honda community? I would say as a main focus. No, it's 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 part and parcel, but not the real thing. Um, as I mentioned earlier on, it did hurt that people copied a lot. Um, the hate I'm okay with is just, I would say, it's so sad. I'm a Nigerian mm-hmm. with a company that sounds Japanese <laughs> that started with Hondas, mm-hmm. which is a weird combination, but the Porsche guys embrace me. Yeah. They really do. They go out of their way to bring me to their events. They go out of their way to give me honors of engineering excellence. They go out of their way to do all this great stuff. And it, it, it's, it feels good. And then, they are not interested in knockoffs yeah. at all. Yeah. So they embrace, and I like that. On the Honda scene, I'll tell you a story that's something that's very interesting. That really, this is the one that kind of, the Porsche guys always came, and I was kind of like, okay, that's cool. Thank you. Yeah, that's cool. This is my first love. But there's one thing that happened to me that made me like, you know what? I should probably pay more attention to these Porsche guys. It's this. There's one thing that was a really big claim to fame for me as I continued my research and making my car faster. And it was induction and, and exhaust technology. With induction, I was so excited about that and so in tune with it that I was able to partner with people like, Je- with, um, <clears throat> people like uh, Jim Kinsler. To bring the-, the reason why Honda guys have Kinsler today is because of myself and Scott Cole. And Scott Cole was an employee there who pushed it to Jim and Jim and I met. Mm-hmm. And it's the reason why I told him my concept, what I had on paper, I wanted to have this, this very large induction with stage injection and all this cool stuff. And that's why it exists. If we never had that meeting, I guess we'll still be using TWMs today. But I love induction and I love exhaust technology. So with exhaust technology, I met a very, very, very popular, I wouldn't say popular, but a very talented fabricator at the time. Because I can't well, to today I can't. And when I find fabricators, I have the opportunity to re-experiment. I'm a very good designer, but I cannot fabricate. So I start seeing these, you know, I'm gonna make this kind of, because this can, we can have a whole hour yeah, on this yeah, alone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I make this very short. Um, I was able to find very uh, succinct, I would say, design cues and power. So how can I make this? In other words, you can have a certain power plant and it can be optimized with a certain merge collector, with certain steps and certain length of primary header tubes. And I found this also a great thing, which was by mistake, playing around with Palmdale, putting a Venturi in the collector and being able to increase velocity across that and create more power with that as well. So I found a very good algorithm that allows me to put together, based upon engine RPM size, a very efficient exhaust system. So I started creating these things. I started getting knockoffs. My knockoff guys weren't moving very far. Then they put together a fake test. Now, how do I know the test is fake? One, the results look ridiculous. It showed the replica of my header doing better than my header. Mm. And later on at PRI, the person who actually did the test came to me and apologized. Um, you know who you are. <laughs> I won't call you out. But I you know, I accept your apology then. I still do now. But he said he couldn't get our header to stop making power. They even took the collector off and he still made good power. They had to retard timing on the engine to show that result. Mm. So... When that still didn't work and the st- sales of that still wouldn't go, they started attacking me saying that mine was made overseas. Gotcha. And then that re- 
then that's I told my fiance then now my wife I'm done with these guys it's one thing if people hate it's another thing if people try and make fake results because it happens even in, I got into pharmaceutical research before I came to the scene and I saw kind of things that pharmaceutical companies did and one of the reasons why I kind of left because they would make up results okay I get it people make up results but when people start attacking you personally and then trying to put your product at the same level as theirs to sell that's when I said that's it yeah. and that's what pushed me I would say that moment when I saw that and then I went on the forum and said, hey guys, this is rubbish. Whatever you guys are saying, whatever performer you guys are trying to say is scooter parts that I have my in-laws with. It has nothing to do. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. My stuff is made in freaking Hesperia. Yeah. I even showed a video of Mark, my guy doing it. So what's the deal? Oh, no, no, no. And they erased my, my post. That's when I said that. That's it. After I explained everything on Honda Tech and they erased it. I stopped my, my um, uh, I called up an internet brand, said I don't want to be a sponsor anymore. I stopped hmm. and I left that. And then I started focusing on the Porsche people and it's been great since then. I'm really, really glad that you touched on these subjects because I think this is what the community needs to hear. I've said it before many times and maybe your platform will ring to more ears. Um, it's sad because, you know, for those of you who don't even know this has been going on, the scene is not a bad scene. Um, you can't judge the entire scene by a few people. There's just some people who are very dubious. They're just people who who don't have much honor. Yeah. And they see people who are honorable and try and do anything to bring them down. And um, it hasn't stopped my relationship with Honda. I still do things with them. I had a communication with them. You, you know, you may end up seeing a, a really sick CRV coming from us. <laughs> so there's some stuff going on. We still work together. Um, I still have a relationship with them. And you know, we have a Hot Wheel. That we have, I leave one for you, by the way. Sick. And um, and we have a relationship with, with Mattel and Honda, so there's a lot of beast motor Hot Wheels and so on and so forth. They even made Hot Wheels my Civic, different colors, which yeah. is cool. But it's just those few people. I really don't know what you're going through, and it doesn't have to be that way. If if things are not winning your life, you can focus, take that energy of of talking crap about other people and putting your own well being. Yeah, that's just how it should be. It's just. I can't explain to everyone who hears someone from someone else from someone else. I'm like, sir, if you ever met me, you know that this thing you're saying is not is so far from my character. Yeah. It's not even funny, you know. Oh, but my buddy, oh, sir, oh, but you, you, you banned me. I'm like, if you're going using vulgar language on my feed, yeah, I, I won't. <laughs> yeah, I don't definitely. take kind. Of, it's like my parents read this stuff. I'm not gonna, you know. So. Yeah, I, w I was getting some of that yesterday. I'm sorry um, you experienced and, that, and I'm I, so sorry. It's just and to you know, me. It's common sense. Well, the only reason he probably blocked you is not because you lifted up the sheet and, oh, I found out that you're whatever, the, the time slip or whatever. It's probably you were being disrespectful. Extremely. And the, all, all the uh, times that I've spent and talked with you, I'm you're sick. just very respectful person and you hold yourself with respect. That's right. And uh, that's something that's really hard to find here in the in the Honda community. It's unfortunate because the engineering in Honda vehicles, automobiles are just absolutely spectacular. They're really great vehicles. Um, the fact they're able to really have cost-effective transportation and performance solutions for people is great as well. And, you know, you meet a lot of people who are in charge over there in corporate. They're, they're really passionate people. Yeah. I mean, Charles, he's a great guy. John Yushinaga, the, all these people are just fantastic. Jim Lee. On the Acura side, Gina, she's just fan. So there are people who are really passionate about that. Yeah. And they don't like seeing that stuff either. Yeah. And I can guarantee you guys, if I was kind of these dubious things that some of these people saying I'm, none of these companies even touch. They don't want to be affiliated with anything like that. Yeah. They wouldn't. Now, you know? let's talk about that. Getting all these partnerships with companies, uh, being on all these shows, yeah. uh, Top Gear, Netflix, Fastest <laughs> Car, right. uh, Jay Leno, yeah. many times. Right. Um, how do you... 
how do you get to that level? How how have you found so much success in in your social media and um, and marketing? I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm just being myself. These people call. I, mean, I remember Janet picking up the phone saying a BC the BBC's on the phone. I'm like, hang up. That's that's, <laughs> that's not true. Yeah. That's people pranking us. And she hangs up and they call back. No, no, we're really. They send an email. We're really from BBC. I'm like, okay. It's, I guess, just keep doing what I'm doing and people take notice. Yeah. Um. It's great to see people like Rutledge drive my car. He's like, wow, this car is awesome. It's great to see people like Matt Farah mm-hmm. drive my Porsche. Like, this thing should not be on the street. This thing is too terrifying. It's great to see people like Spike Frenson drive the van. Like, oh my God, this is like a perfect mix between a performance vehicle and a, and a, and a minivan. And it's great to see Jay Leno. Yeah. Who almost killed us in the blue car because he's <laughs> a crazy driver. And he's chomping at the bit to drive our new EV, which is great. But it's it's primary. They reach out to us. We, we don't... I don't think of one time where we had to reach out to a network yeah i mean even with the uh, fastest car we got a call and i said hey we're interested we know you guys we heard you guys have a ton of cars um is there something you'd like to submit for this fastest car and i said oh sure i'm looking at the back of the shop like i got this perfect car that no one knows about it's total sleeper it's like a hyundai suv it's mm-hmm. like a santa fe rear wheel drive we converted from front wheel drive 200 horsepower to rear wheel drive we made like 1080 with the thing. Whoa. To the wheels. Whoa. Shooting, I have videos I probably sent to you so I can yeah. put up. Shooting flames, all kind of stuff. And I'm like, this is a Hyundai. There's yeah. no way people believe this thing does anything. And they said, okay, we won't come check it out. And they come to the shop and they're like, Dan, a Hunt, what is that right there in the corner? Uh. <laughs> I'm like, you guys don't want that. I mean, this is supposed to be like a drag race thing. It's a front wheel drive. It's yeah. been on a ton of, sh- it's overexposed. Yeah. We want that. It'll make for better television. And it, they're right. It did. People have gone crazy. I mean, we were seen as the underdogs. We came in dead last, I mean, yeah. with that. For many, many reasons. But it's like, wow. It, was, it worked well for them. But for my fans, they're like, what the heck, BC? Why did you take a No, it was, it's not what we suggested. Gotcha. But in, 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 once again, it ended up being a great thing. Because how we performed then is the reason why the, the Wagga van was built. Got Again, you, got you. As a revenge vehicle for season three. So the Wago van uh, was just on Jay Leno's garage. Yes, uh, yes. Let's talk about that. That sure. episode just released on, on Sunday, Sunday. On Sunday. Sunday. Mm-hmm. So it's an all-wheel drive yes. K series yes. uh, turbo. Yes. Wago van. Yes, it is. Um, how does that relationship even work with Jay Leno? Do you say, "Hey, I just built this car. Text some picture so, over." Here, here's. Here, it's so weird. Okay, so um, the producers of the show reached out to us saying, hey, we have this segment on minivans. And we, I don't know if they did a Google search or they head through the grapevine. Actually, actually, there's a young lady, Jax, mm-hmm. um, wonderful woman. She was on the competitor for Fastest Car. She was on a show known as Hyperdrive. Okay. She's one of the producers there. So I was part of that. And she met me there and she heard about my van and all this stuff. I even had a hot wheel of the van, which is cool. So they're doing a segment with Jay on a minivan. She says, oh, BC has a cool minivan. We should bring it to the segment. And the segment's supposed to happen at a track somewhere. And then we send pictures. And they're like, oh, no, this needs to have its own segment. Mm. So just, just from photos they saw. I sent a photo of it burning out. I sent a yeah. photo of it just still slammed. And that's how it happened. So Jay, I've seen Jay at events, even coming up here at the um, Supercar Sunday. I've mm-hmm. seen him there quite a bit. And he's seen some of my cars. He even came up to one of my uh, Porsches, my 996 Porsche twin turbo, but with the gold wheels and gold turbo. He came up to me once and said, hey, that's pretty cool. And we talked about lag and all that. Because I'm like, wow, this guy knows his stuff. Anyway, so, okay, we have the van. Is there anything else you can bring that's unique like the van? Of course, I have a center seat Porsche I can bring. <laughs> okay, so bring that. 
So we do an episode at um at uh, Springs Willow Springs um streets mm-hmm. and he you know he really gets to meet my wife and I and we interact quite a bit and he drives the center seat and wouldn't come off the track came back like oh my god I have a I have an F1 McLaren and this thing is so raw it's so amazing and then he we, he's like okay we get in the van he's like BC what else do you have well I have this blue po- bring it. Uh, have a whack bring it <laughs> anything so he drives a blue porsche almost he's like oh my god this is great drive he said i've never felt anything like this in the heart he's like this is a hot so did you take parts from i like no it's all Honda. he's like oh my so he loves it gotcha. jay told us after driving the um the uh, all-wheel drive wagon if i built a bicycle he would drive it really so moving forward anything I, he wants on it like, awesome. he, he just wants on the show he got a huge far huge more much more respect for Honda's a performance brand after driving that that all-wheel drive wagon. It's just, he couldn't believe it. He's like, this is a 90s wagon. Oh my God, he couldn't believe it. He was just so excited. He was so excited. You're living the dream, man. I, I'm very fortunate. I have great people around me and great things happening. And uh, the future is even brighter. Yeah, it definitely is, man. Uh, you just came out with the Porsche, the, yes. the electric Porsche, the yes. K3V. K3V. Uh, I was watching that video yes. last what'd night. What do you think? That car looks so <laughs> fun, man. So yeah, it it looked fast it's from the GoPro really, video. It's really just, oh my god, <laughs> it is the future. Yeah. And as a tuner, I have to embrace it. Yeah, I, I really do. So, um, that being said, any tuner, I mean, I encourage all tuners to really look at this market as one that has great viability. I know some of my fans are mad at me saying, "Oh, it has no soul, guys." I guarantee you. You drive this thing, Frank. You come down. You just take a pat. You be like, "Oh, my. it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's amazing." <laughs> so, um, and you know, I would say Honda had a lot to do with that because yeah. we built a CRZ for them in 2010, and that gave me a little little glimpse into what electric motors can do when combined with petrol engines. Um, believe it or not, I my proposal said, "Can I take the engine? I'll put a K," and they said, "No, keep that engine." And I'm glad they did. And then with the new NSX, we had quite a few that Acura sent to us. To play around with and i'm like oh my we'll even drag racing this thing just hetty was my wife was just destroying guys with hellcats mm-hmm. with a bone stock nsx eighth mile now quarter mile may be yeah. different we don't know but yeah. eighth mile she was killing me it was amazing you know so i'm like i have to do something and this is is just completely you will see a lot more technology coming from us that's electric motor based moving forward. I'm definitely excited about Thank you. that, man. Thank I like you. everything that you come out with. Thank Every you. SEMA, you have 72 cars and they're all awesome. <laughs> Thank the you. only Thank problem you. with all the Thank cars you. is they don't have downsar on them. So we will make that, ch- <laughs> we will make that happen. <laughs> we will make that happen. Cause I have a new appreciation for what you have here. I mean, I had no clue. I'd see you at every event, but we never really, really, yeah. I've never been here now. Yeah, we'll make something happen. I just Probably needed means. to plant that seed. No worries. <laughs> plant it. So with all the media yes. about you, online yes. videos, yes. TV shows and such, mm-hmm. tell us something about you that nobody knows. Nobody or very few. Very few. No, Not the, the public wouldn't know. A lot of people don't know this, but I was born in Linwood. Linwood. Linwood, California. You were born. I was born in Linwood, California. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. So remember I told you my parents went to school here? Yeah. So when my parents went to school here in the United States, they had three of us here. Okay. But we went back to Nigeria when I was very, very young. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of people are like, they're like, oh, you're born in Nigeria. How did you get, first time you came to America, how, how did it feel when you drank a Coke? How did it feel when you had to put shoes on? 
I was born in St. Francis in Linwood, right around the corner. I was in, in the hood. I was born in Linwood. So, oh, see, man. that's a good one, right? Thank you, BZ. My I pleasure. appreciate it, My man. pleasure. Um, so, right now, you got to get geared up. I do. For uh, My Tech, Tech Tuesday. Tuesday. Yep. Can I do it here as well? Oh, yeah. Please, okay. please okay. do. I'm Sounds excited good. for that. Beautiful. Thank you for clearing up so much. My pleasure. Thank you for being so no transparent. And I appreciate everything that you've that you've Thank done, you. Thank um, you so much. especially filling the value in the podcast to make this trip, man. That no that really means it was a lot it was worthwhile. Me. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, hopefully, we could have you on. Sounds again good. In you the will. Future. I look forward Definitely. to it. Definitely. So, uh, where can people find you at so they can follow what you got going sure. on? Sure, BC Moto. It's my handle on IG, on uh, definitely Facebook, and also on Twitter and youtube b-i-s-i-m-o-t-o now before we get out of here have yes. you um have you spent any time on figuring out tiktok i have so i download the app i'm still trying to understand how i can benefit from that that's but the next platform yes yeah, so i gather so it's, I gather. it's the next platform so i literally have it on my phone but i have i have not i just registered my name was taken uh-huh. <laughs> so i did uh, like a bc model eng or something <laughs> like that because someone grabbed my bc model shame on you but um yeah I think you're right. He's everywhere, right. man. He's the future. <laughs> BZ, thank you so thank much. You, I appreciate it. My Guys, pleasure. thank you for listening to Downtime with Downstar, episode 127. And we out. Peace. Cheers.